Hello and welcome to this Inside the NFL podcast on WGBK Podcasts. My name is Aaron Marks, one of the co-hosts of the 5 O'Clock Playbook on 88.5 WGBK-FM Northbrook and even have a few podcasts here on this podcast channel as well. But today, I'm going to give you guys a run-through of really what happened in the NFL in Week 14, talk about the playoffs and who are some teams that are either looking out or really have locked up their spot and what this means for them these last few games of the season, even talk about the current state of the Bears, and end with an MVP discussion. First things first, Week 14 is a wild one. Starting off with Thursday Night Football, a game that was one of the lowest projected totals by Vegas in NFL history, turned out to be a high-scoring one where New England jumped out to an early lead and Pittsburgh, they started off behind and could never claw their way back into it. Pittsburgh lost that game, now puts them at 7-6, and six, and if the season were to end today, they'd be 6th in the playoffs. Really, for Pittsburgh, they've been one of the more consistent teams in the past 20 years. I don't know the exact number, but Mike Tomlin rarely has losing seasons, if at all, as a Pittsburgh head coach. But now sitting at 7-6, and six, the real question is, what does it mean? A loss to a bad New England Patriots team thus far is not something that that team would like to see on their schedule. Looking back at it, that could be a game where if the Steelers do eventually miss the playoffs, that's a pinpoint of one where they really just got beat by the Patriots at home and got beat bad. Next game really want to cover, Tampa at Atlanta. Tampa and Atlanta, it was a fun one. All the way down, Atlanta got to the five-yard line before they had eventually lost that game. But really what I would seen from that entire matchup was the poise and play of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield had a great game. He led them down the field in that final in that final drive. Baker has looked good so far this season. And if you're Atlanta on Arthur Smith, you've got to just question what went wrong. Is it my quarterback play of Desmond Ritter? Do I need to be getting my star running back of B. John Robinson more involved? But a positive from that game on their side is the fact that Drake London is really looking like a superstar out there. And Drake London has had an unbelievable season thus far. Next game on the noon slate featured the Detroit Lions traveling into Soldier Field. Detroit, these past five, five or so weeks, they haven't looked all that good. A loss where they, or excuse me, a win where they had escaped a not that good Chargers team, followed by a win they shouldn't have had at home versus Chicago, really, to be truthfully honest, they didn't deserve to win that game. Came out on top, lost to Green Bay on Thanksgiving, a loss where they almost blew it to New Orleans, and a bad loss to Chicago on the road. That's five games where, granted, they have won three of them, but they haven't looked like your 9-14 and 14 that's contending for a Super Bowl. They've looked shaky as of recently, and that's got to be turned around for Dan Campbell and the rest of the squad as they go. They host Denver this weekend, which is shaping out to be a pretty tough matchup as Denver sits at 7-6. and six. And on Chicago's side, in their last nine games, they've won five of them. So I'd say that that season has been turned around, whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. That will be discussed a little bit later in this episode. But as Chicago, you, you've got to like the way tide, like tides are turning here. They have done a really nice job defensively. They held the Lions 
a top offense in the NFL to 13 points. And the play of Justin Fields has been elevating as of recently. Jacksonville falling to Cleveland is obviously a big one. Now sitting at 8-5, and five, they are going to be in contention with Indianapolis. So Indianapolis and Houston both sitting at 7-6. and six. Jacksonville only a game ahead. That's going to poise a lot of problems in that AFC South for them. New Orleans beat Carolina. Not much to say about that game other than the fact that Bryce Young looks real bad. Bryce Young looks real bad, and even though the Saints won, if it ended right now, Tampa has got the tiebreaker over them at 6-7 and seven both sides, so not much going for either side, but New Orleans has got to win some big games coming up, especially a lot of individual matchups. I believe Week 18 will be a big one for them. Houston got the break speed off of them by the Jets. I mean, Zach Wilson, a man who has had a rough NFL career so far, you let him complete 75% of his passes, throw for 300-something yards and two touchdowns. You're making him look like a superstar. And a week ago, I was praising Houston's defense to look good. And to be completely frank, they haven't as of recently. Baltimore and the Rams. That was a good game that really was a shootout, finished 37-31. to But Baltimore's looked, Baltimore's looked phenomenal. And even though Rams did lose that game, I'm impressed with the way they played. Still sitting at 6-7, and seven, they, can, they can easily make a playoff spot, especially with two big wins over Seattle. That could play a big role coming tiebreakers. And just I think the Rams, even though they lost, are in a pretty good spot where they control a lot of what they have. Next game, Minnesota, Las Vegas. I mean, that game finished 3-0. Josh Dobbs looked bad at best. The Raiders looked horrible at best, and that game was just not a game that either team wants to rewatch any bit of, given that finished 3-0 in favor of Minnesota. San Francisco beating Seattle is a big deal because San Francisco now sitting at 10-3 with four games left. Arizona this week, that's likely going to be 11-3. They will probably have that number one seed with wins against Dallas and Philadelphia, regardless of how the NFC East plays out. So San Francisco is really in a good spot. Brock Purdy is playing like an MVP candidate so far. Buffalo traveling into Kansas City and escaping with a win. Kansas City, Mahomes, Andy Reid, really the whole side wasn't happy about the fact that Kadarius Tony wasn't warned that he was off sides, but... Kadarius Toney never really checked with officials and ended up costing them, which really, to be completely honest, if that play had stood and it was a touchdown, that's going to be one of those plays that you will see forever on your best NFL plays and highlight reels, especially with the magnitude of that game where a loss right there could put Buffalo out of playoff contention. Now, Now you've given them life, Josh Allen played a pretty good game, and you have to play a good game to go into Arrowhead and beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's just the way it's going to go. But Diggs was quiet offensively. I believe he had 10-plus targets, only came down with four receptions. And that Buffalo offense has looked shaky at times. You never know what you're going to get out of Gabe Davis. But James Cook has looked to be a solid piece, and I think that Buffalo can continue this type of trend. They're going to be a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Not saying they're going to win. Super Bowl or anything, but they're a team that 
is going to be a challenge. I mean, we saw it this last week in Kansas City, sticking in the NFC West. Denver just beat the Chargers. Big story out of there is the fact that Justin Herbert earlier this morning has been ruled out for the rest of the season, and the Chargers are now sitting at 5-8. and eight. Their season's over. Terribly disappointing. You've got to think what's going to happen with Brandon Staley, but Denver has really turned it around. They started off 1-3, and three, and now they're sitting at 7-6, and six, winning 7 out of the last 10, and they go into Detroit. They go into Detroit hungry. Russell Wilson has beaten Detroit a lot. Actually did in the playoffs one year, I believe it was 2015 season. So January 2016. This is going to be a big time game on Saturday night, actually, where Denver's going into Detroit. That's going to mean a lot for both of these teams down the stretch. Sunday night football, a lot of people were saying this could be the game of the year. Dallas handled Philadelphia. They... They played in control the whole way. Philadelphia at times looked lost. They fumbled a lot. If I'm Nick Sirianni, I'm throwing that tape away and really never watching that again as that's not that's not the team that you see week in and week out from Philadelphia. And not to mention that is a tremendous Dallas team that in all likelihood they could end up one of the top two seeds in the NFC the way that they're playing. They haven't lost at home yet, so a lot to like from Dallas, and Philadelphia's got to fix some stuff up, but again, if I'm Sirianni, I'm throwing that tape away. Tennessee at Miami. Miami all year had beaten teams that they should be beating. They really hadn't lost any games they shouldn't have lost, and this one changes that narrative, where they were 14.5-point favorites going in. Miami had a 14-point lead with just three minutes left. Tennessee went down the field, scored twice. And that's that's a big-time loss for Miami as that now drops them out of first in the AFC playoff picture. Granted, they still control their own destiny with the matchup against Baltimore in the next in the next few weeks. But that that's going to be a tough pill for Miami to swallow, a loss at home to Tennessee, who hadn't won on the road yet this point this season. And rounding off week 14, Green Bay traveling in to East Rutherford, New Jersey, and the Giants outplayed them that game. To be completely frank, I didn't think the Giants would do anything that game. I thought Jordan Love would be in control of that offense, but they really weren't. They were playing from behind the whole way, and Tommy DeVito led the Giants on a nice two-minute drill. I believe it was Wandale Robinson who really put them in field goal range. And Saquon Barkley, despite that fumble, he had a pretty good game, finished with two touchdowns, a lot of yards in the air and on the ground. But Week 14 really meant a lot for this playoff picture. Week 14, we saw two 7-5 teams, excuse me, three 7-5 teams in the AFC, Pittsburgh, Indianapolis, and Houston all lose. So that shakes things up a bit. Denver and Buffalo are both now sitting at 7-6. and six. That game, I want to say it was Week 12, whatever night that Monday Night Football was, is going to play a huge role because Buffalo should have won that game. They just had 12 guys on the field. And that's going to really come back and bite them. It was Week 10 where Buffalo had 12 guys on the field, Denver kicked, and they ended up missing it. 
and they would have won. Buffalo had that game in their pocket. If that if that goes their way, they're sitting at eight and five, and the season is a lot different. But still, I still like the spot where Buffalo is because I think truly they might be the best team in that division so far. I understand that Miami's still sitting at nine and four, but they already beat Miami and they beat the brakes off of Miami. But if you're Buffalo, you've got to really think, what does this matchup mean at home versus Dallas? This is their season right there. If they can be 8-6, and six, Miami has a matchup against the Jets where they realistically should win. But Buffalo's two games back of this division, and they play each other once again. So if Buffalo can steal a win against Miami and win a game when Miami loses to Baltimore... They can still win that division. Buffalo is not out of it yet, and it's imperative that they go and take this game as Dallas is red hot, even though it's in Orchard Park. This is going to be a big-time game for the Bills. So next, really want to shape your eyes on the entirety of the NFC South. The NFC, AFC South, excuse me. Houston and Indianapolis are both currently sitting at 7-6. and six. Season ended today. Indianapolis has the tiebreaker over Houston. And Jacksonville has now fallen back down with a loss this weekend to Cleveland. They are now sitting at eight and five. Only a game up on both of those teams. So that's gonna that's gonna be shaken up a lot. Indianapolis has Pittsburgh this week. That's gonna be big in determining the outcome of the playoffs, most likely. And Houston's got Tennessee, a divisional matchup on the road. Granted, they should still win, but Tennessee's been a pretty good team at home so far. Flipping over to the NFC side of things, Seattle has tumbled. They have tumbled indeed. They are now sitting at 6-7, and and they'd be the second team out of the playoffs behind the Rams, who the Rams beating Seattle twice is going to play a huge role in that tiebreaker. Because the Rams don't have that challenging of a schedule coming up. They've got Washington this week. That should ideally put them back at 7-7. Seven and seven. And two wins over a team like Seattle, it's going to come down and play a lot. So I think the Rams are, truthfully, in a better spot than Seattle right now. And Seattle's got Philadelphia this week. Another game which they will probably lose. So it's going to be interesting to see what Seattle does. I think that... San Francisco should be able to lock up this one seed within the next three weeks. Dallas has got a tough game, and San Francisco's got Arizona. So that, in all honesty, should be a cakewalk for them. They'd be one game up and tied with Philadelphia, which would still mean that they have the tiebreaker over both of those teams. So I think San Francisco's in a really nice spot. But what you got to think about is Green Bay. I understand they're six and seven and they lost last night to the Giants, but this Green Bay team has a pretty easy schedule on the way out. They have Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, and Chicago. All four of those are very winnable games, and if they were to win those four, they'd be sitting at ten and seven, primed for a playoff spot. On the other hand, Detroit's got a rough set coming up. They play host to Denver. They will go to Arlington to play the Cowboys, which is always going to be a tough game. And they've got two Minnesotas in Week 16 and Week 18. So the Lions can 
win two of those games, they'll have the division. But at the same time, those those are tough games. Denver's no gimme. Dallas is likely going to be a loss. And Minnesota, it they tend to split with them. Throughout the past few years, they've split with Minnesota. But Minnesota's a team that they play a brand of football where they're not going to allow you to score that many points. We saw it last weekend when they beat the Raiders 3-0. But really flipping the script a little bit here to the Chicago Bears. Mentioned it earlier, they are 5-8 and eight right now, and they've won five of their last nine games. Started off the season 0-4 and, and have won more games than they lost since then. Chicago has done a really nice job at fixing up that defense. I think it helps that Coach Matt Eberflus is calling the shots defensively. That's helped him a lot ever since Allen Williams has not been with the team. And the offense is improving. I think Justin Fields is leading them better than he has before in his NFL career. And he's made a lot, like a lot more smart decisions with the football. And turning the ball over has been an issue with him so far throughout his throughout his short career. It's looking better from their perspective. And I think, to be truthfully honest, Justin Fields should be starting quarterback for the Bears next year in 2024. Whether that's with or without Coach Eberflus or with or without Luke Getze as their offensive coordinator, I don't think it'd be right for the Bears to really jump on Justin Fields in this type of a situation where he's he's been showing improvement so far throughout this season. And to be truthfully honest, this is the first time his defense has looked really good. The defense, especially the defensive line, has been limiting runs, and the linebackers have stepped up. Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards have played a huge role on this team, and I expect them to in the future. Lastly, going to do a quick little discussion here about the NFL MVP. Right now, I think it's between a few guys, Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy, and really Tyree Kill at this point. Tyree Kill just injured his ankle, but that shouldn't play much of a role. Although I do think it'd be tough for Tyreek to win the MVP at this point, given it's two very deserving quarterbacks ahead of him, which historically it seems to be geared towards quarterbacks. While Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are both sitting at 10-3, and putting up MVP numbers. What's going to help Purdy, I think, is the fact that they did beat Dallas and they, they put up a lot of points on them too. So if I had to make a guess, it'd be Purdy right now, but I think Dak Prescott is up there with him right now. And I think that's about what we got on the MVP discussion. That's all the time we have here on this NFL podcast. For myself, Aaron Marks of WGBK Podcasts, thank you for listening, and you can check us out more on WGBK Podcasts or 88.5 WGBK FM Northbrook.